Hi, this is Vani Shukla. Welcome to Garden and Nature Southwest. If you're thinking to start collecting rainwater, or if you already have an existing system, but you are thinking of doing something different or trying to expand it, then I hope this episode will be helpful to you. So specifically in this episode, I will be describing about active rainwater collection systems and passive collection. By active system, I mean you are setting up some sort of a system involving containers. By passive, you're just making some changes in your landscape. By those changes, you are maximizing the use of rainwater in your landscape, in your garden. The active systems that I'm going to be describing today are DIY, easy to intermediate level complexity. Also, I will go over the options that you have for flat roof versus slanting roof. For today's episode, the information is not regarding drinking water collection system. Today's information is about rainwater harvesting just for garden use. So let's start with the active collection systems. So obviously, the first thing you're going to need is some sort of a container. There's a huge variety of containers available in the market today. The most commonly used and the popular ones are plastic containers because of the price, because of the various designs and different sizes. So with plastic, you are able to find smaller containers all the way to thousands of gallons of capacity. There are some concerns that one may have with plastic, obviously the environmental concerns and also plastic chemicals leaching in water, especially when plastic is exposed to hot weather in our southwest area. These are all valid concerns. And of course, one has to find their own balance and navigate through this. But as far as availability, the plastic containers are the most widely and easily available. In metal containers, there are galvanized metal and then and also stainless steel. Metal containers overall are more expensive than the plastic containers. Now, among the metal containers, stainless steel is more expensive than galvanized. Now, something to take note of is that if you're avoiding the plastic containers because of the concern about plastic chemicals leaching in the water, then that concern is not completely taken care of with the galvanized one. Because with the galvanized containers, there's still a lining of plastic inside that metal container. And the reason they do it is because galvanized containers, over time, over number of years, they are still prone to rusting and corroding. And then that corroded, rusted metal will leach into your water. So to prevent that from happening, these containers are lined with a plastic lining. However, the advantage of a galvanized metal container is that for environmental concerns, if you are trying to avoid as much as possible large amount of plastics, then this can be a good choice. At the same time, it is not as expensive as the stainless steel one. And as far as the durability, it lasts for decades. That is true for all metal containers, although the stainless steel ones are more du even more durable. Now, the stainless steel one, if it's a good company, it's a well-made container, then they may not have to use an inside plastic liner. The stainless steel, however, are quite expensive. They may not be available in your local area, depending on where you live. You may have to get it transported from somewhere else, so that is additional cost of transportation. However, if after weighing your pros and cons, if you go with stainless steel, then this is definitely a choice that would last lifetime. It is very durable and no concerns about corroding, rusting, especially if it's well-made. Now, there are a couple of other options for material. One is ceramic and another is wood. 
these two options are not so easily available and you may have to look online for the wooden container but ceramic you may have to do it yourself you're looking at making the container out of a large planter the largest you can find and transport from the nursery easily you are going to be blocking the drainage hole at the bottom and then you're going to be drilling a hole and putting a faucet at the lower part of the container and then of course at the top you're going to have to arrange to find the lid and a screen a bug screen the lid should have a hole through which the water is going to pour into the container and that is why it is important to have a screen to prevent the bugs from coming in. But one of the major limiting factor is the container capacity. So you're probably limited to maybe 50 gallons, probably not more than that, because anything larger than that, it gets really heavy for it to be transported to your property. And then if it's going to work or not work, is it going to leak? So you don't want to try with a very, very heavy container and then find out that it is not working. So if you're looking to start a very small system, then ceramic might be an option where you're looking at definitely less than 50 gallons. As far as the wooden, there are these wooden whiskey barrels, oak barrels that you may find um, online. However, again, it is not so easily available. And it is also, again, for smaller systems where you are looking at 50 to 100 gallons. You may be able to connect any kind of container you choose, whether it's small or large. Any containers you choose you will be able to connect them to more containers in future if you want to expand the system. So that's always an option. So with that, you can start small and then gradually expand and add more containers as you get more experience. Whichever type of container you choose, there are some important things to keep in mind. One is, of course, there, the bug screen should be there on the top on each container. You do not want a mosquito infestation in your garden. So that's one, but it's easy and it's easily doable yourself, but most of the containers themselves come with bug screen. Another very important thing to remember when trying to look for a container is that you want the container to fit in your garden design. Maybe you have place in your landscape where it's not going to be visible. Maybe it's inside a shed. Maybe it's hidden from the main view. And in that case, it may not matter how it looks. Or if you have it in an area where you can grow something over it, let's say a vine or other plants around it which will cover most of it then also the looks of the container may not be of that much importance now if you do not have any such space where the container is going to be hidden or not in plain view then definitely settle for something that you're going to be okay with as far as the design of the container and how it's going to fit in your garden plan ahead of time before setting up the system how it's going to look in your garden design because you don't want to set up a system, go through all the effort, and then two, three years down the road, you realize that it looks like an eyesore. So the second thing you want to take into account when choosing the size is if you're going for a bigger size, you're planning to go with 500 gallons, 1,000 gallons, or even larger, then definitely do not forget about how it is going to come into your yard. The access that you have around your house, is it okay for the larger size? That is definitely something to take into account when you're ordering your large container size. For the placement of the container, again, you're going to be planning ahead, looking at which part of the house gets more sun. If it's the west side of the house or the south side of the house, and you can avoid putting the containers there, you can either use the east or the north because the west side and the south side are the hottest. 
and so your container is going to be exposed to hot sun all day. Versus if it's the north side or the east side, less exposure to sun and heat. These are again not very hard and fast rules. If the only space you have is the south side or the west side, that's perfectly okay. There are so many other things you can do later on to help keep the container cool. Another thing for placement is the preparation of the ground. If it's a small container, less than 100 gallons, it should not be a big issue, but you still want the ground where you're going to place the container, the ground should be stable, leveled, and it should be well compacted. It should not be loose, soft soil because then your container is going to be not leveled after some time. Now, when it comes to larger container sizes, what's preferable is that you prepare a concrete base. If you've never done any concrete work in your life, then it may seem like a very complicated process. But if you are passionate about setting up a good system yourself, then this part should not stop you. Once you start to look up and learn about setting up a concrete base, it is definitely doable without making a huge mess in your garden. You might probably mess up your wheelbarrow, but that's probably as messy as it gets. Now, if let's say for whatever reason you absolutely want to avoid a concrete base, then what you could do is make a base that is very sturdy with some road base underneath maybe some sand and gravel and really well compacted. And if you can contain it, if you can contain it in a frame, let's say you make a frame out of wood just by two by fours. And if you contain your base in that frame and you compact the road base and the gravel inside that frame, then it would be more durable. And you can paint or decorate that wooden base so that it does not look like an eyesore later on. After you've selected the rain barrels, the next thing is how do you get the rainwater down from your roof into your rain barrels? Well, there are several different options and they're a bit different based on whether you have a slanted roof or a flat roof. Now for a slanted roof, the first thing you want to check is if the rain gutters are already installed. In many houses, they are already installed. And in that case, all you have to do is install a system that will be connecting your rain barrels to your rain gutters. So let's say if there are no rain gutters installed in your house and you have to do it yourself, well, for the exact techniques, it's always better to learn from visuals and looking at maybe a video. There's so many YouTube videos out there that explain the techniques very clearly. Um, so that will be better rather than listening to me describe the techniques. However, there are a few things that I want to emphasize about installing the rain gutters. The first thing is, even if you're just by yourself, it is doable. However, it becomes easier, of course, if you have some help because these rain gutters are 8 to 10 feet long and it is always helpful if somebody else is supporting the gutter from the other end. The other thing I want to mention is to start small, especially if you're planning for small collection of water, let's say less than 500 gallons, or if you're not sure how the system is going to work. In that case, there's no point planning for installing the whole roof. Just plan for very small section start with just one rain gutter and these are available in the lengths of 8 to 10 feet these are aluminum rain gutters not only it will be much easier to do you can try that small system and see how it works and if this is what you want on the whole roof or you will have the first-hand experience of how much rainwater you're collecting just with that small portion of rain gutter you will also learn by collecting some rainwater how you're using it and if you want to add more tanks or bigger tanks 
or maybe just stay small because of maybe aesthetic purposes or maybe you do not have enough space in the yard to put big tanks. And so that little section of roof collecting that rainwater in just that 10 foot gutter gives you a lot of information of how you want the rest of the system to go. Now also, there are so many designs of rain gutters available. Let's say you first tried this in the backyard and the system works fine, but you may want to install something in your front yard, but with a better design. There are so many decorative options available. However, these are usually not available in the local stores and you may have to look for online companies that make these decorative rain gutters. There are even some expensive copper ones available. So if your one small system works and it works perfectly as you planned and you're thinking about putting something in your front yard, then your experience of setting the system up in the backyard would give you the confidence to select the right kind of gutter and install it yourself in the front yard. Now, let's say you have decided to start small and not do the whole roof and not do even one side of the roof. You're just planning to do, let's say, a 10-foot rain gutter. This point that I'm going to make is very important to take note of. Even though you're starting small, even though you're starting with only a 10-foot rain gutter, it is always a good idea to plan for the whole side of the roof. No need to plan for the whole roof but plan for one side of the roof. What do I mean by the plan? Well, when you're installing the rain gutter, one end of the rain gutter is always higher than the other end because you don't want the rainwater to sit in the rain gutters after the rain is over. That would be a breeding ground for mosquitoes. So the water should always be flowing. Now, if you measure your roof, like one side of the roof from one end to other, all the way, let's say it's a 40 foot length. Now, if you measure that and plan a slope for a 40 foot, then okay, you've planned a slope for the 40 foot. But what if you're planning to install just one rain gutter, 10 foot, and let's say you plan the slope only for 10 foot. Let's say you ended up installing it one end higher, about one inch higher than the other end. The system works fine, you're happy with it. And after a few weeks, you decide to add another rain gutter. Now, when you join that other rain gutter to this one, that also has to have even more slope. Your total slope is going to be even steeper. So now as you add the third one and the fourth one for the 40 foot side of your roof, the slope is going to be really steep, very awkward looking rain gutter. So for that reason, it's best to plan and mark the whole slope, the slope for the whole 40 foot length, even though you're installing only 10 foot. And then you're going to put the 10 foot on that marked slope, the slope that has been marked for the whole side. Next thing after the rain gutter is to decide whether you want a downspout or a rain chain to connect your rain gutters to your barrel. Now each have their benefits. Rain chain, the biggest one is that it looks very beautiful. It's a very nice design element in the garden. The downside is that you're going to lose some water. When it's windy, you're going to lose even more because the rain chain moves around. With the downspout, it's a closed system, so you're not going to be losing any water. Anything that enters the downspout from that opening at the end of the rain gutter 
it's all going to flow into your rain barrel. So you're not losing any water there. So if no water is lost through the downspout, why would you not choose a downspout? Well, if aesthetics is a priority, if you want the system to be more decorative also, if that's the priority, then rain chain might be a better option. So other situations where you may consider just a rain chain over a downspout, well, if your water tank, if your rain barrel is not a large size, let's say if it's less than 100 gallons, then you should be okay even with a rain chain. Even with the loss of water that you have, you will still collect a lot of water quickly. We have tried both rain chain and downspout, and with small barrels, about 65 gallons, either one worked fine. Because with heavy rain, especially with the monsoon rains in the southwest, we sometimes get very heavy rain, even though it's only for 5 minutes or 10 minutes. And the rain barrel, our 65 gallons rain barrels, will fill very quickly, whether it was downspout or the rain chain, and eventually ended up overflowing anyway. So even though the rain chain was losing a lot of water, it did not make a huge difference because the rain barrels were small. Now for our 300 gallon tanks, the rain chain might not be the most effective way to collect it because for a larger tank, a 5 to 10 minutes of heavy rain is not going to fill it and you want to be more efficient in that case. Now, what if you have a flat roof? For a flat roof, it's a bit tricky because flat roof drains through scuppers, the scuppers or, or canales. They extend further away from the roof, they're long, and the rain gutter is not going to be able to catch the water falling off from the canales or the scuppers. So you will need something, some attachment, to direct the water from the scuppers into your rain gutters. Now, one important thing to note is never, never, never cut the scuppers yourself. Unless you specialize in roof constructions or whatnot, do not cut that scupper. Because if you cut that scupper, that might compromise how the water flows and it might go into the wall. It might create a whole lot of leakage issues in your wall. So you definitely don't want to touch the scuppers yourself. So if it is not safe to cut the scuppers yourself, then there are two options. One is to get the professionals to help you with putting an attachment. The other is a DIY option. So let me first describe the first option that you can get done professionally. That is basically installation of scupper boxes, or they're also called collection boxes or leader heads. So these scupper boxes you may have seen in large flat roof buildings, libraries, or big offices. If you haven't, then just make a note when you're driving around, just see these large buildings. A lot of times they will have these boxes attached at the side just below the roof, and at the bottom of the boxes is the downspout attached which takes the water down to the ground. So these boxes are what you want to get installed uh, through the professionals. So the other one, the DIY option, is not as great as the professionally done scupper box, but it still works well. In our first house we had a slanted roof and we found that the process was a bit easier because of the easy availability of the gutter system. However, when we moved to our current house, we had flat roof and scuppers and it was a challenge to find an attachment that would attach to the scupper. So during all this research is when we found out how it is definitely not a good idea to cut those scuppers yourselves. So the attachment that we were able to find is called canale catchers. It attaches at the end of the scupper. You don't have to cut the scupper. You just screw that canale catcher at the end of the scupper. It's an Albuquerque or Santa Fe based company. I will leave the link in the show notes. 
and this canali catcher has a opening where the downspout would attach. So even though the canali catcher is not a completely closed system as a scupper box is, but it still collects good amount of water. We have two tanks of 300 gallons each, and we have been able to collect water efficiently through these canali catchers, even though some water is lost during the heavy rains from the sides of the canali catcher. Now, as far as whether you're going to connect a downspout or a rain chain to the canali catcher, well, both are doable. But one of the things that the site, the canali catcher site also mentions is that if the rain chain in winter gets loaded with frozen ice, then it may get too heavy and pull on the canali catcher and your scupper. So that might be a bit damaging to your canali as well as the canali catcher. If you don't have a very high roof, then it is quite easy to take a rain chain off. But the key is to remember to take it off. If you forget it and it and the rain freezes at night, then you might wake up finding a damaged canali or a canali catcher, and that's not going to be good. So I guess with the canali catcher and the flat roof scuppers, a downspout is always a better option, unless you have just one spot that you absolutely want that uh, rain chain. In that case, I don't know, put a reminder or alarm or something in your phone to remind you to take that rain chain off in case of uh, a winter rain. Now, the rainwater harvesting doesn't always have to be in containers. You can harvest rainwater right on the site near the plants where it's needed. And this is what I mean by passive harvesting of the rainwater. Basically, you're making some changes in the surface of the ground, which allows the water to sit on the ground for longer and it has time to absorb in the soil. Now, what happens is when a house is built, the surface of the ground is flat and smooth. And then there is a slope that is towards the street so that the water does not sit on the property and it can easily flow out onto the street to avoid any damage to your foundation. And that is good. Yes, we want to avoid the damage to our foundation, but can we make any changes that can do both, that you're not damaging your foundation, at the same time you can keep the water near your plants. Now when I'm talking about making these changes, it doesn't have to be on any big scale all at one time. You can start making smaller changes one plant bed at a time, and gradually over time, you can have most of your garden hold rainwater effectively. So again, to protect foundation, one of the main things you want to remember is that you want to have your ground leveled in a way that towards the foundation, it's a bit higher and then it slopes away from the foundation. And then near the plant beds, what you can do is you can create some bumps instead of it being completely flat and smooth. If there are bumps, which are also called berms or swales, and these berms and swales can be on really big scales in bigger lands, or it can be on tiny scale in your plant bed. When the ground sort of has these undulations, the water will sit in between these bumps and it will gradually get absorbed. Now, let's say if you're in your front yard, you have a slope, a steeper slope, you can also create mini terraces, like a terrace garden form, and that will help to hold the water as well. Terrace garden design doesn't have to be on a big scale. It could be just a few stones at a time, just maybe a two-foot terrace at a time, and then you can continue to expand over time. Now, some of the other things that help to hold the rainwater is if your ground, if your plant beds are nicely mulched with wood mulch, that wood mulch 
will also help to absorb water and keep it there. Now you can go even a step further. If you have a ground that is not very difficult to dig, let's say if it's, you're not li living in a rocky area, then you can probably dig some ditches and fill those with pieces of wood, wood chips, and that also can help to retain water. And these ditches can be by the side of the plants. And these ditches can be on a very small scale in your plant beds or a bit larger where they're surrounding the periphery of a larger plant bed and you have a deeper ditch filled with a lot of wood chips and other wood material and then you can cover it and the water that goes in and is absorbed by that wood material is then gradually going to be used by the roots of the plants growing nearby. So they will continue to slowly use the water that is retained in that wood material inside the covered ditch. So these are some of the ways that can be very, very effective. We sometimes don't realize because we're not really measuring the amount of water. When we are doing it in a container, we can see, okay, there's 300 gallons of water, but we sometimes don't realize that a lot more water can be retained in the ground itself. And especially if you make these changes, that will continue to release water slowly to the roots. And so that can be a very effective way to do it. Now, this is not all of the information about rainwater harvesting. I could consider it probably an introduction to rainwater harvesting. In future, I might go into more depth in particular areas of rainwater harvesting. However, for this episode, I would end it here. And if you have any questions, then please let me know. Thank you for listening.